Hello and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie. This October is Independent Bookshop Day, and it's my pleasure today to be joined by Andy Rome, who's one of the owners of The Bookhouse, one of the newest and most exciting independent bookshops on Tayside, here in Monofeith. Andy, thank you very much for joining us today. No problem, thanks for coming. So what's the story behind The Bookhouse? The, the Bookhouse is a community bookshop. It's um, a place for people to come and browse books, talk about books, spend time sitting with a book in a leather couch, having a coffee, enjoying books. So we're trying to get back to what books used to represent for people uh, in a way of um, um, enjoying, relaxing and stimulating, provoking um, thoughts and ideas. So it's, it's, I suppose, trying to move away from the kind of electronic era back to having a book in your hands and enjoying it. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about that because people do enjoy, I think, having that physical product, don't they? I think so. I mean, a lot of people um, who come into the, the book house have said that you know, they have a Kindle. They, they, they almost say it apologetically that they have a Kindle and they'll use it for taking on holiday. But I think there's there's space for both. I think people do enjoy you know, throwing a Kindle in the suitcase um, for going on holiday, but they miss the covers, they miss the pages, they miss the you know flicking through the pages to see how much longer to the end of the chapter will I finish this or go to sleep. You know these kind of things that um, that, that um, people enjoy about books and and being able to um, recognise books on the shelf, which is something that you know with the electronic uh, books is, is more difficult to do. Yeah. And that's an, an astonishing thing actually, because one of the um, recent research findings has been that people do retain information better when they're looking at the, the printed product than they do uh, looking at the same book in electronic format. Yes, we, we, we see that when people are, are, are coming to the counter with a book and, and they say I think I've read this book but I'm not sure uh, because they, they, they may recognise the plot or they may recognise from the, from the back of the book you know, a familiar character but the fact that they've read it electronically, they've got no no frame of reference for it. They've not got a cover to remember or uh, these sort of things. So I think um, you know, it's all back to this idea about um, people enjoying the whole book experience, not just you know the uh, the written words. Now I would imagine running a bookshop, no two days will ever be the same. What kind of questions do the public uh, like to ask? Um, we, we get a wide range of of customers in here. We've got a uh, uh, a core of, of uh, very loyal local customers who are in our book clubs and come to our author events um, and we get people who pop in because they're at the bus stop and they had 20 minutes to spare and they, and they would just want to have a look but um, unfortunately for us the most frequently asked question is have you been open long? Uh, because although we're on the high street you know, we're kind of tucked away a bit on the high street and even people locally um, don't realise that we've been here for 18 months um, so I think we probably need to get better at advertising because we're still getting that, you know, I just live up the road but I've never been in sort of thing uh, so that's unfortunately the moment the most frequently asked question And it's interesting you mentioned book clubs because I think that's one of the great things that's often overlooked about independent bookshops everywhere and that is reading communities, bringing people together over literature Yeah, they're great, we've got six book clubs running just now uh, we run them on Tuesday and Thursday evenings and it's about um, six to eight people who sit down uh, with a coffee or an ice cream in the summer and um, just talk about the book they've read in that month. They all read the same book over the month and they'll come back and talk about it. 
Um, sometimes they all love it, sometimes they all hate it, sometimes some love it, some hate it, and it's always good discussions, uh, it's always good conversations, and you know, it, it's it's good that people are not just reading books and putting them down, but reading books and then talking about them and saying, well, why did I enjoy that, or why did I not enjoy that character, and you know, so it, it really is, is good to see that kind of discourse going on. And what kind of subjects are you finding to be particularly popular amongst the public just now? The people of Monifeith do like their crime. They do like their uh, their their, um, their tartan noir. We've got a lot of very good Scottish writers now, uh, a lot of good local Scottish writers who are writing uh, crime fiction, um, and that's that's a big seller. Um, but we've got, we've got a large children's section as well, and, and the amount of new children's books uh, that are around just now is is phenomenal. There's you know fantastic artwork in the the, the flats. So right from a very very early age, uh, there's there's great books for children, and now. The young, young adult scene is really starting to explode as well. We've got a, a lot of very talented writers now writing for that kind of age group, kind of twelve to sixteen year olds. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to see the, the the growth in these different genres of books. And it's interesting when you mention crime fiction because Scotland is a country that really punches above its weight when it comes to that particular genre. Um, in Stirling, where extremist publishing is based, there's the annual Bloody Scotland conference uh, where different crime writers uh, come together, and it's really interesting to see the various different subgenres of uh, crime writing. Why is it you think that this is something that really motivates people and gets them excited about literature? I don't know. We do like a good murder um, here, and we have been very lucky that um, some of the key names from Bloody Scotland um, have come to the book house and, and read parts of the book and, and, and signed their books and, and spoke at these authors events so it's been it's been really um, gratifying for me to see that kind of giving back aspect uh, Alex Gray um, Lynn Anderson you know really top Authors um, that, that are coming here and, and, and spending time with our with our customers, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got some you know great local authors as well, Sandra Ireland, Wendy Jones that are writing you know crime fiction and uh, and are coming in here regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's become a bit of a hub for for writers as well as uh, readers. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing because Tayside itself, as you mentioned, is a really exciting place for new emerging talent. Yes, it is. I mean, we are really keen to um, support and promote uh, local authors. Uh, we've got um, Pam Turner as a new author. Um, she brought out Comes the Dark last year with the great event here for her and her book launch. In fact, we had to move it across the road to the local theatre because the numbers, the demand was, was so high. Yeah, so it's great to be able to get the established authors in, but also to be promoting and supporting new local talent. And of course, not forgetting our good friend Robert Murray, who is the author of The, the Grocer's Boy, which is set in Dundee and Carnoustie. And people who've been following extremist publishing on uh, social media will remember that the book house in Monifeith was the location for the Christmas advert featuring Robert uh, in 2018. Yes, that, that was a lot of fun, that advert. Um, Robert's been uh, fantastic, obviously, um, moving away from uh, talking about crime fiction. Um, his kind of memoir uh, book of, of growing up as a grocer's boy in Carnoustie, that, that kind of... Um, Humorous memoir, I think, has, has really taken off here as well. We've sold a lot of Robert's books, and he's been really giving of his time as well, uh, coming along to, to local events. Um, so I think 
as a community bookshop, we're being led by what people are asking for, um, and we're seeing how books are going off the shelf, and we're able to, uh, as I say, support local authors uh, as best we can. And one of the interesting things as well is just as Tayside has seen a lot of really exciting new work um, arriving through various different authors, um, it also seems to be a really vibrant place for reading communities as well. People really seem to be fired up by the, the books that they're engaging with. Yeah, so as well as the things we're doing inside the bookhouse, we're, we're trying to do a lot of outreach um, work as well. Um, so there's a local reading hub um, in the cabin in Monifeath, uh, which was instigated by the local primary school, Greenhouse um, Primary, and they have the pupils coming down to these reading cafes once a month where older people from the community come in as well for a cup of coffee and the children will sit, the older uh, adults, and sit and read stories. There's books on every table uh, we go along as well. So that kind of um, community approach to, to literature uh, and to enjoying story times uh, has been fantastic. Um, and more recently, we have started work with some local um, nursing homes, care homes, residential homes to take that book experience out to people who still love reading books but perhaps aren't as ambulant as aware are not able to get down to the high street um, as often as they would like so um, we're looking to start reading groups um, and different um, different ways of enjoying uh, reading um, in care homes and other local facilities. And I think that's a tremendously important thing actually because I know that we've touched on the community aspect of, of reading um, but the intergenerational aspect is just as important and it seems to me that looking around here at the, uh, at the book house you place great importance on young readers and the variety of literature that's available to them. Yes, we're, we're really keen to start running uh, young adult book clubs as well. Um, we're doing a big book fair in the local secondary school, Grove Academy, on Tuesday. Um, so we'll be there all day with a, uh, with a, quite a substantial book stall. Um, and the, the uh, librarian at the school has been um, really key in promoting that uh, around the school. So it's an approach to trying to encourage um, younger people to, to recognise a bookshop um, as being somewhere um, fun to go, an enjoyable place to go um, and not trying to get away from that kind of, you know, kind of stuffiness um, idea about bookshops and show that we're a kind of progressive bookshops we'll stock what people want us to stock we'll run the events that people want us to run um, and just, as I say, be a community bookshop. And have you noticed any changing trends in the kind of books that people are, are interested in or do you think it's been predominantly you know, quite a constant thing? I'm not sure that we've been open long enough to see changing trends. As I say, we, we opened 18 months ago um, but what we are seeing is um, I, I think we opened at a time where the market in young adult books is really starting to explode. Um, so a lot more books for not just avid readers but also what you might call reluctant readers as well so the publishers are given a lot more thought to how books are laid out and uh, the type of paper the color of paper that's used the type of font and uh, to try to encourage people um, who are not um, used to reading novels um, to give them the opportunity to read things in a format which suits them. Mm -hmm. So on the shelf just now we've got the classics with Great Expectations, Hamlet and Macbeth, which are written um, as um, graphic novels. Um, so again a way of, of reintroducing stories, curriculum stories, um, in a way that um, people might want to read them. Yeah. 
And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? That, you know, just by considering those slightly different approaches to storytelling and to bringing stories alive, that um, new readers can be engaged and found all the time. Yeah, yeah. If I go back to my schooling, you know, to, to sit in a double period of English and, and be reading uh, Julius Caesar out of a, a musty old book um, for, for a couple of hours wasn't great fun. Um, so... If we can take these same stories and, and present them in a whole different way uh, as I say the graphic novels has been a fantastic way to uh, to um, to present them to a new audience mm. and yet it's a strange thing that the classics still seem to engage people there always seems to be a market for Jane Austen and Charles Dickens and people like that yeah I mean we, we recently um, brought in a new shelf uh, which is many classics um, it's a series of books by Pam McMillan and they're fantastic little books um, and they just flew off the shelves you know. and these are all these classics, the Brontes the, um, the Dickens and they, they've gone down really well with a, with a, a mixed age group And on that subject, I mean, are there any uh, other types of topic that you feel publishers should be dealing with more or perhaps you know, they're being underrepresented at the moment? I don't know, I, th- I think we are seeing a change um, even the most recent changing genre, the the, um, the fantasy fiction, um, that that's changing now as well. Um, I think we went through quite um, a vampire and zombies phase, but I think that's that's broadening out now. There's a lot more nuanced stories and and um, interesting uh, new writers coming out. Um, one of the uh, Dundee writers, Graham Penman, um, it writes fantastic. Um, um, fantasy stories, and we we launched um, his book here last year as well. Um, so, again, looking at um, what authors are around, where the talent is, what we can do to promote and support them, um, and uh, as I say, these are n- new, different authors with new ideas, mm. bringing out new books. Yeah. And that's an amazing thing. Cause, I mean, I remember in the nineties, hard sci-fi was the thing. You know, you had people like Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke giving way to people like Ian Banks and Ken McLeod and uh, Stephen Baxter. Um, then, as you say, we've moved on to that, that horror phase where we've seen you know, vampire fiction and, and, and various other iterations of that, and now on to the fantasy genre um, with people like George R. R. Martin uh, you know, continuing the work that has been started by people like Gerard Tolkien and others. Um, what do you think are going to be the new emergent trends based on the developments you've, you've seen in these last 18 months? I'm not sure that I'd call myself an expert in, in fantasy fiction trends, but I think you know, from the bookshelf in front of you, you can see we've still got the, the Asimovs and the Clarks and, the, and um, on on the shelves. So we, we're, we are still stock, stocking the classics of that, but we've also tried to say, well, you know, what's the new ones? You know, Children of Time coming out, uh, Light the Right One In. There's a lot of um, new books of the genre. Um, a lot of the kind of um, Scandinavian um, fantasy um, fiction coming through now as well so maybe that's a, a, new, a new direction that seems to be taking hold Yeah. And what would you say are the challenges that are facing independent bookshops nowadays? I think there's the obvious challenges uh, there's the, the, the chain bookshops um, particularly the supermarkets um, who will massively undercut uh, the kind of top 100 books uh, and I think that's you know, it, it makes it necessary for, for independent bookshops to, 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 to look at books outside the top 100 uh, and look at um, um, a different range of books um, than you know, the, the, the huge big bestsellers that you can get you know, cheap in supermarkets. Um, online is obviously still a, a, a challenge for us. 
Um, although what we are seeing now is, is people using things like Hive uh, to buy their books online um, but pick them up at a local bookshop. Mm. Um, we've got our own book uh, stock online now through Near Street um, and that's a way of, of looking to get high street shops with an online presence so people can uh, click and reserve stock, click and collect um, for, for the book house. So I think we're, we're, we're not competing on the same level as the big boys, but we are trying to uh, understand the different ways that people want to um, buy their books as well as read their books. Mm. Um, so, so these challenges remain. We just have to kind of carve a niche for ourselves as, as, as um, not competing blow for blow with, with, with the big online retailers but being able to offer something different mm. a different experience, different atmosphere yeah. And it's interesting you should mention that because you know you talk about some of the, the, the useful applications of the internet because there is such a well documented um, challenge faced by the, the big online retailer behemoths um, do you think that the internet and the independent bookseller can coexist? Do you think there's um, you know, different emerging possibilities now that the internet can be can be a useful thing. Well, we get a great deal of support from the Booksellers Association. Um, it's uh, UK wide, and we have been down to the national conference in, in Birmingham uh, the last two years, and they have fantastic speakers there. Um, one of which um, kind of charted the the changes in the way in which people are buying books. And um, what they observed is a, a plateauing of online book sales and ebook sales, and even more recently a dip in that. Whereas in the year that we opened, um, was the first year in the UK for 15 years that more independent bookshops opened and closed. Mm -hmm. We opened in December 2017, and we were the 27th uh, one. Uh, 26 closed, 27 opened. So it was the first year that one more opened than closed, and that's that's changing. That's a trend that's that's continuing. We've seen this last uh, year um, through Twitter. We keep up with other bookshops and uh, around the country, and, and we're seeing new bookshops opening. So I think there is a there is a change. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's always said that as long as there is a love for books, there will be a love for the independent bookshop. What do you think the future holds for the industry? I think the future for the industry is good. As we've got a lot of exciting new authors, we've got new publishers on the scene are, are producing fantastic um, new books. Um, I think at the at the retail side, independent bookshops have to be um, uh, quick on their feet to adapt to diversify. Uh, we run a coffee shop as well. We sell ice cream. We do other things. So um, I think the the the, the days of an independent bookshop just selling books alone that's probably consigned to the past um, most bookshops now um, all having said that there's some terrific independent bookshops um, in Scotland, particularly Edinburgh who, who are bookshops for, um, only, but uh, I think outside of that, you know, we are all having to uh, diversify a bit and, and, and do different things the, the challenge is to make sure that you create an atmosphere which is still a bookshop mm. uh, and, and, and not to not to diversify too far away from that. Well Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much for having invited us here to the Bookhouse. Thanks very much, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Well I hope that when you're visiting Tayside that you will come here and play a visit to the Bookhouse in Monifeith. It's on the High Street and it stocks just about every kind of book you could possibly imagine. Thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you'll tune in again soon and I hope that you too will have a very good independent bookshop day. 